How do you pay, man? Huh? If you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Straight cash, homie. Well, all right. Yeah. ten grand to me. Yeah. You know, ever since I turned pro in 1989, when I signed the dotted line, it was strange. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. We are back, recharged after the holiday break, and as good as ever. My name is Neil Rule, local sports broadcaster here in the Detroit area. My broadcast partner here today, as always, he's the brains of this operation. I'm the voice. And I'm, I'm cool saying that, but he's the brains, and I'm cool saying that, too. He is Cam Evans of the Evans Law Group, also a pivotal sports management. Cam, good to be back with you here. We got that holiday break, and uh, we got some stuff to get to, my friend. Money never stops. Money never stops. The new year has kicked off with a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of issues that are going out there. and look forward to having some time to chat with you again. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Cam, obviously the, the overriding thing that everybody's looking to talk about, of course, this week, Alabama and Georgia played in the national title game. And, and look, I, I've talked to some folks, and they've asked me some questions about, about the Straight Cash Homie podcast. And they're like, so, so how do you watch sports? Do you, like, do, you do it like Darren Ravel, and, and you just, you're thinking about the implications of the dollars and stuff like that? And I said, no, I, I, said, I can't speak for Cam. I'm, I'm just a football guy, and I like seeing high-level talent, and I like being entertained by the game. Certainly, Alabama-Georgia uh, lived up to that hype of a championship game. Certainly, the entertainment value was there, but you know, truth be told, there was there were some financial storylines along there. There's a lot of them to get to, and certainly we're going to get to them all here today on the Straight Cash Homie podcast. Uh, but Cam, yes, we, we know what the story was. Alabama won in overtime. It was a great championship game. Everybody had a lot of fun watching a high-level football, but the one number that jumps out to me the ratings, the television ratings, up 18% from last year. They pulled almost a 15 share nationally. And what was the knock on this game coming into play was, oh, man, it's an all-SEC title game. Who wants to watch that across the country? Well, I think the answer is pretty clear. Everybody wants to watch that. Everybody did. I think part of it had to uh, go back to um, how Georgia, who a lot of people in the country didn't get a, a chance or didn't take the opportunity to see on a regular basis during the year, uh, to see what they did and how they performed in the Rose Bowl, uh, which was a fantastic game against Oklahoma. And I think it built the intrigue right. of this is a dynamic team that has a freshman quarterback who appears to be years ahead of most freshman quarterbacks. And, you know, people probably tuned in and say, this is going to be an exciting game. Then you watch that first half, and all of a sudden it's 13 nothing. Um, and then if you don't like Alabama, and there's plenty of people out there who do not care for Alabama, or maybe they want to see Alabama win yet another national championship, maybe a little, you know, envy there. Um, you know, they, they got tuned in, and then you, you watch an incredible call by uh, Nick Saban to sit there and, and make a quarterback change. Uh, somebody who was, you know, 25-2, and two, SEC Offensive Player of the Year. Unbelievable. Uh, and, just, just, uh, the, just stones that Nick Saban has, man. Unbelievable. And, and to be able to do that and then watch the, the second half and the, and, the, and the overtime, um, it, this is what the NCAA and the Power Five conferences, you know, this is what you dream about when you say, well, we're going to put this together as a four-team playoff, is that you have uh, really back-to-back -back years now, incredibly competitive um, games that just draw people in, and once you're in, you're not moving. You're not, right. you're not, you know, changing channels to see what's on, and 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 not, and forgetting to come back. Um, and that drives ratings, and that drives the money. No, there's no question about it. Again, Cam Evans, Neil Rule here with the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to this. All you got to do 
is go to the iTunes page, search Straight Cash Homie, click subscribe, and you are in there every time a new episode drops. It will go right to your phone. You can give it a listen. Also on our SoundCloud page as well, do the same thing. Search at Straight Cash Homie, and you can listen for all the non-iPhone users out there as well. But we're talking bowl season and wrapping up Alabama's national title, and there are storylines abound that, that we can get into, and that's what's great about this podcast as we take a look, not what happened on the field, but what's happening off the field where the uh, – where the coffers are uh, are being accounted for, I, I guess you could say. So so there's a couple different directions, Cam, that I wanted to go in with that. And number one is, and, and this is a little bit off the script here, but the UCF angle, Central Florida. So now they're claiming, like from a department, they're claiming that they won a national championship. And I, I would say, guys, this isn't 1951 anymore where five teams are uh, claiming, laying claim to a national title. Uh, certainly you gave your best effort. But that points the question to me, and officials have come out and said that the current contract, I believe, goes to 2025 with this four-team playoff and how it's going to shake out. I don't think that they're in a hurry to change things, despite the fact the monetary gain that they would stand to make. But I think one thing, Cam, that's been proven is the NCAA, especially the Power Fives, are not in the business of, of sharing money with non-Power Fives. It, is that, I, and we don't have the hard line, but in your opinion, would you agree with that statement? Well, no. They, it, each conference is, you know, has their best interest uh, at the top of the list. And having more hands into the pie is going to not be in the best interest of every conference. There's less pie to eat. Then. That's right. And so, you know, if I'm on, if I'm the football staff at, you know, University, University of Central Florida, yeah, treat it as a national championship because I just get all, all kinds of bonuses now. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's one of those things, I think, I mean, it's just, it's an odd, an odd situation. It's an outlier. I don't, really don't think it's going to be sitting here happening again where you have somebody who's not in the Power Five conference that goes undefeated um, and then, you know, turns around and happens to beat the team who also, um, you know, beat two of the powerhouses. Let me, let, me, let me ask you this, Cam. I'm going to cut you off real quick here because this just popped in my head and I don't want to lose it because I lose things. Do you think because of that, and again, this is great conspiracy theory, you'll love this one, we may not see when a team has beaten two of the teams that are in the playoff it might not be matched up anymore against that group of five team that's undefeated because there always seems to be one, at least every other year. That may affect future bowl matchups. Would you agree with that? It, it could, but I really don't think the NCAA cares, to tell you the truth. <laughs> All right, fair I, enough. I, I, really, I really don't think – I think I think the, the, that you get out and you get the, the statement from the chairman of the committee uh, that comes out and says you, you have to take into account who they beat um, and not every victory is the same. Well, guess what? They beat everybody that was on their schedule, and you're really kind of saying that none of their victories counted um, from the standpoint of a playoff right. uh, parent. So it's hard enough to go undefeated, um, but I really I think it's an outlier, and they have zero desire to take any of the attention and limelight off of the Power Five conferences when you get down to the final few weeks of you know who's in, who's out, and, and obviously for the uh, four-team playoff. Um, and that's going to remain you know the Power Five. Um, and Notre Dame, maybe, right? if they ever you know, can, can go undefeated, which is basically what it's going to take for them to do. Right, and when you look at it from their standpoint, too, an ancillary thing about this, and again, this is just off the script here, Notre Dame is always it's confusing to me because they have a loose conference affiliation with the ACC, 
but their schedule and the way it sets up, Cam, I, I think it really prohibits them from being able to make the playoff because week in and week out, you you have your ACC matchups, those I think four or five, whatever it is that they play. They're always playing USC because that's a that's a quote unquote natural rivalry game that they've had for a long time, and it's actually on on my bucket list of things I want to do as as a fan. I want to go to Notre Dame USC down at Notre Dame just just to take that in out of respect for the history of of what that series is. But you mix in that game against USC, Naval Academy's not a joke anymore. There's no question about that. Games against Michigan that are out there in the future, games against Miami that they played. I mean Notre Dame loads up that schedule. But I guess from that same standpoint, it puts him to the front of the list of a two-loss team because, hey, we're Notre Dame, and look at the schedule we played. So do you ever do you ever foresee the day, and, and I know the answer to this, and it's a great question here on the Straight Cash Homie podcast because the answer revolves around money, and I'll answer it. I'll say, do you ever see the day where they join a conference? And my answer to my own question would be no because they make more money not being in one. My answer is going to be the exact opposite. It's going to be yes. Really? Because ultimately they're going to be able to make more money because um, Notre Dame as a standalone football entity and what they can draw, I think that the, that is a fairly narrow funnel that it has in a long time has fed them a lot of money. But the way that people consume entertainment and the, and the different mechanisms you can do and how you can have different revenue streams off of that, you're, you're far more limited as a single entity standalone island than you are being part of a conference. The other thing is that they really start to make money um, ultimately now in this new day and age with the football uh, playoff is getting in the football playoff. Right. So you look at it, they don't play a conference championship. It's a strike against you. Uh, unless you're Ohio State or Alabama the last two years, which right. went in without winning their divisions or playing playing in the conference championship. But, but they're um, a blue blood, blue blood brand, which Notre Dame is as well. Um, they were. Right. You know, they got to build it back up. Um, but I think that it increases their – their. I think it, it gives them a greater chance to get in the playoff if they were an actual member of the ACC and went and played the ACC schedule, took off some of the traditional non-conference schedules that, you know, teams that they play, Michigan State, Michigan, USC, you just name them. Walk it down a little bit. Yeah, Walk yeah. the schedule down a little bit. Uh, a little Let's bit. call it what it is. Yeah, and, and come on, Alabama plays Mercer. I mean, come right. on. You know, you get, those, you get those weeks off. Not that Notre Dame doesn't have some cupcakes every once in a while. Uh-huh. Um, but you, you sit there, and now you're playing in a conference championship game. And now if you can get in, and I think they have a greater likelihood of getting in as a one-loss conference championship team than they do as a one-loss independent, because I'm sorry, power fives. (laughs) Who's sitting on the selection committee? It's all their their people. Is there anybody from Notre Dame on that selection committee? No. No. So you got to take that into account. And so if they can make the playoff, now it's not only from the standpoint of TV revenue. That's the merchandise. It's everything else. Now you're part of, you know, you know the conference as a whole. And I think ultimately that's where, where, where you're going to go because I think it's going to give them the greater shot. And I can see they're going to have a one-loss year or something, and they're going to be shut out of the four-team playoff. And I think it's just going to come to reality that this has been f- great for over 100 years, but – Things change, life change. They're conference affiliated for other sports. That being an independent in football isn't going to work, right? And and again, we are seeing that, as you said, we are seeing that. But I would I would go back to that year, 2012, I think it was 2013, when they played Alabama in the in the 
BCS National Championship game, those ratings were astronomical and wake up the echoes and all that stuff. And, you know, they certainly do carry a presence. But, Cam, as you said, money money never sleeps. Um, and, and the sun sets sometimes on tradition, but money is the one tradition where it never stops. No, it never does. And, and, and hey, they, if you, you had the right equation, if they think they're going to make more money and be better situated by remaining independent in football, then they're going to do it. I think eventually the tide turns. And that that is not going to be the way it is because, as I think, you know, there's what we have today from, you know, the SEC network, the Big Ten network, Texas has its own, you know, uh, network right. and everything. But this is what's going to go, how everybody consumes pretty soon. People, people, what's cable TV? You know, what, what is it going to really exist in 10 years? Is everything going to be, everybody's going to be unplugged because of technology? And how can the university sit there and make money off of it? And maybe, in, maybe you know, Notre Dame will say, hey, we can stay independent. It's the way to go. And we're going to still do fine. It's not like they're losing money. Um, but I think the really thing is going to be that it's going to push them across the line is that they're going to get shut out of a four-team playoff maybe one year, maybe two years when they think they really should be in. And then they're going to say, if we were in the conference, would we be in? And uh, that's going to be a hard one to, for them to take a take a look at. And, and it, it's like everything else, Cam. It probably won't change until it affects their pocketbook one time. And, and that's that's the reality check often that everyone needs in life. Their pocketbook, their reputation, how people perceive them. They're not playing for a national championship. There's a lot of other non-economic factors that go into it. But, you know, it could change. Hey, if the NCAA comes back and says, guess what? We're going to have an eight-team football playoff. Well, all right, that changes the equation from Notre Dame because now – you. You you have a greater likelihood of making an eight team right as an independent as right. an independent than you do as as a four team playoff. Absolutely, he is Cam Evans. My name is Neil Rule. You're listening to the Straight Cash Homie Podcast here on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe. We're kicking it about money and sports. I mean, the two greatest things in life, right? <laughs> but not necessarily in that order, money and sports. But we do it all the time here on the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. And and, and talking about financials and wrapping up the bowl season and the entire discussion. And, and Cam, I really wanted to get to this because this is something I think mainstream media has addressed, but I don't think that they've given it its due diligence and, and its its proper discussion. And locally here in the Detroit area, Mohurst was was a big topic of discussion for Michigan in their bowl game against South Carolina. Uh, originally, reports are that he wasn't going to play. He kind of took some heat from that, and that's fair to say he took some heat from, from Michigan fans uh, from that decision, then kind of circled the wagons a little bit and said, yeah, I'll be out there, I'll play. And he played pretty well in, in the bowl game, And but Michigan ended up coming up on the on the short end of the stick against South Carolina, but Mohurst certainly, I don't think, hurt himself draft-wise. They, they have him as a end-of-the-first-round, mid-to-end-of-first-round draft pick where he stands right now. But you and I have talked about this in the past on the Straight Cash Homie podcast this trend, and, and look, Jake Rosen, the quarterback at UCLA, Sam Darnold, the quarterback at USC, Sam Darnold played, did not play well against Ohio State. Jake Rosen did not play for UCLA. And we'll get into the ebb and the flow and how th- this certainly is going to be a trend that you see. Mohurst, Sam Darnold, Jake Rosen, there were some winners and there were some losers there, wasn't there, in terms of draft, draft stock, draft status. Uh, it, it could be for draft stock and, and status, uh, but the one thing here is just is just the intrigue and the thought process that people have as to what's motivating decisions of whether or not players are going to be in the lineup. Right. So you know, you know, Donaldson he plays he looks he plays poorly against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. All right. But you know, the, the bowl game, you know, from the NFL team standpoint, I mean, they got endless tape. They got they got their scouting reports. 
I mean, U of M basically has an office for you know the scouts to come in if you, they want them in to watch f- facilities. So I don't necessarily think one game is going to make or break anything from the standpoint of a team's evaluation of a player mm-hmm. at that point. Certainly will impact fans' evaluations of a player, whether somebody should take them or not. Um, but, but you look at it from the decision of whether or not to play. And so you look at Rosen. All right, Concussion protocol. We're not going to play him. And so, well, is that true? Is that not true? I mean, they haven't played for a while. Sure. Um, you don't know, and I certainly don't know. Uh, but you look at the other decisions that are being made by young men who are in a position to go out and potentially make millions in a very short career anyways, that if you go and have a injury, and then all of a sudden, I mean, that can have consequences of you losing you know, hundreds, if not millions of dollars and jeopardize your ability to go and make a living at the game you love to play. And I think anybody that steps back and, yes, you have, you know, you want to play for your team, you want to play for your teammates, you want to play for your coach, you're competitive. People want these people want to go out. Anytime they can, you know, put on the helmet and strap up the – And go hit someone. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what they love to do. Right. I mean, they want, since they've been little kids, that's what they want to do, get them a football. They want to right. go play. But now all of a sudden it's like what impact could this have? I mean, you look at, you know, at Jake Butt last year, the tight end for Michigan, you know, blew out his knee in, in the Orange Bowl. You know, so he went in the fifth round to the Broncos. Didn't play this year. He was in the IR all year. How does that impact his ability to develop in the NFL? Let alone, you don't know how that knee is. Um, and so, but but this leads into all of these discussions as to, you know, what can players do out there um, to protect themselves? Should they play? Should they not not play? And no matter what the a discussion platform is whether it's sitting around the bar whether it's texting whether mm-hmm. it's you know chatting with your friends as you're watching the game whatever it is calling into sports talk radio it drives interest in the game and that's the most important thing right. because that interest is going to spill over into somebody um, having excess money in their pocket because people are going to watch ratings are going to go up there's going to be people who are going to talk about it but it has changed in the last two years this was not even a thought process of whether or not somebody is going to play a healthy player whether or not they're going to play their last final college football game it was always a given. Of course <laughs> no, they yeah. would. This is yeah. this is their this is their last chance to be on the field for the team, for the college team that they represent. Um, and so it certainly has a lot of implications. And, and Cam, where do you see this going? Like like where does this stop then? I mean, so you back it up because I look. I'm telling you what I would do as a player. There's no way I would play. There's because there, to me, there's three scenarios that can happen. If you're Mo Hurst, if you're Sam Darnold, if you're Jake Rosen, three scenarios. W- can happen you can play and get hurt and it, and it can be over it can be significantly impacted one of the two you can play and not play well insert Sam Darnold you can fall in somebody's eyes and, and look you know what the difference is between being the number one pick being the number two pick the number three pick you're talking millions of dollars let well, alone being 20 or 27 or falling to the second but, round exactly now you're talking percentages of deals are, are, are huge so you play, you can you can play get hurt and it can be over or it can be significantly impacted. You can play and play poorly and you can hurt your stock and lose money. You can play and play well and they'll say, "Yeah, you're a good player. You're you're a top of the draft player." Or you cannot play and none of the above can happen. That's what, and, and especially in the non-playoff games because like it or but, not But but even in the playoff, okay, are we going to see the day where you know, Tua, the quarterback for for Alabama, three years from now, 
say he's he's won two national titles and two Heisman's, and he's the consensus number one pick. He's been there. He's done that. You know, you're, you're talking thirty million dollars now. I, I I honest to God, Cam, honest to God, I would I would really have to take a hard look at that. Are we headed to that? You can't say that you're not headed to it. I don't think it's probable for a situation like that where you're going to be playing for the national championship um, because that's playing for for something that that's different. Even though you get a lot on the line and you could sit there and get hurt, um, you know it it's it'd be the difference of you if you have somebody in the NFL who's in a contract year, you know, okay. Uh, and they're, you know, they always, see, they, always that, they always seem to ball out that team, year. You know, yeah, well, okay, so say they're on a team that's, you know, uh, five and eleven, not, you know, not going to make the playoffs. You know, mm-hmm. so they're they're sitting there, um, and they're 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 uh, five and ten going into you know week seventeen. Uh, you know, coach not feeling good this week. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not playing. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't now at that point want to risk getting hurt in a contract year that you've otherwise played well, but your team's not going to make the playoff, as opposed to having somebody in their contract year uh, whose team's playing for the Super Bowl. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's slightly different because you, uh, you got the NFL players already made money. But, no, it, it, it's going to happen um, from the standpoint of, of having to go through people's head. I think, though, if you get into the, you know, the playoff situation, with at least with the you know the current makeup of the playoff of a four team playoff where you're in the semis, um, that I, I just cannot see that happening. Um, but but where, where's the cutoff though? Does it go to a conference championship? I mean, because we're already at the point where if you're in the you know if you're in the name your bowl bowl uh, that's on at two p.m. in in Idaho on on ESPN where you're not you're getting nothing by by playing in this game and guys have sat out and they will continue to sit out. You know, it's an ever-evolving process, though, Cam. Do we back this up to conference championships? Like, where, where's where's well, the stopping point? Don't know, but that's one of the things that I think will be implicated if you go to an eight-team playoff. So now you're in the quarterfinals. Now you got to win three games, and say you're that eighth team. You know, um, you know, are you going to say, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go in and we're gonna play the number one team, and I I think that that it's worth the risk to play potentially three additional games when I think that I am going to be a uh, you know, a, a, a top-level draft pick in the NFL. I'm going to be a first-rounder. I'm going to be a day one. Is it going to be worth it? And then I'm going to start, start to see it. Conference championships, well, you know, it kind of depends. You know, if you win the conference championship, are you going to be, in the, you know, in, in the final four there and go play in the semis and potentially for the national championship? Those guys will play. You know, but if you're but if you're if you're sitting there and you're and you're already a two loss team playing in the conference championship, you know, if you win that conference championship, you're not going to go to the final four. Yeah, maybe not. And it's and it's it's one of the things. But again, it, it's it's trying to look into the 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 body and brain of another person and find out what motivates them. And that is a impossible thing to do at times, but it draws people's attention and it keeps sports and sports related issues on top of everybody's mind just about 24 seven, 365. Well, today, Cam, you gave a national championship effort like like you always do. You're, you're never going to sit out the bowl game. You're never going to sit out an episode of the Straight Cash Homie podcast, are you? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. And <laughs> Your name's on the show. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. I just Somebody's going to sit here and want to you know, do a replay of something that we did and go to the replay booth and, and, and sit and dissect what we do. But it's, you know, it's always a pleasure to join you, and, and glad we could hop on today for a few minutes. Absolutely. So for my broadcast partner, Cam Evans of the Evans Law Group and Pivotal Sports Management, my name is Neil Rule. Thank you for listening to the Straight Cash Homie podcast. Again, you can subscribe 
Just search Straight Cash Homie Podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Click subscribe, and you are in there. When we come back with the next episode, we got an NFL playoff edition and, and a lot of big news going on. John Gruden's fin to break the bank. Le'Veon Bell of the Steelers says he will retire if he doesn't get what he wants in terms of a contract offer. So we got a lot of pro football, a lot of big dollar signs to talk about on the next episode. So again, thank you everybody for listening. My name is Neil Rule. Straight Cash Homie Podcast. Well, see you later. <laughs>